FM 104 is switched on with me, Kieran Halpin. I am now joined by one of the co-founders of the Useless Project, which is an awareness raising and events collective that aims to show people that there's no need to feel useless in the face of the global climate crisis. Taz Kelleher, hello, and thank you very much for taking your time out to chat to us on Switched On. How are you? How are you doing? No problem at all. Delighted to be chatting. I'm so good. I'm so good. Right. Firstly, tell me the background of the Useless Project because you do have a Useless flea market coming up at the uh, the 22nd of April in the Workman's Club. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, I want to know the background of where we got to where we are now. Yeah, okay. So a lot of people often have lots of questions around the name, the Useless Project. Mm. Why would you call yourself Useless? But it touches on the idea that when we are faced with the climate crisis, a lot of us feel useless. You know, we are open up the newspapers and we see negative news stories, we hear of environmental harm and a lot of people look at that mess and think, what can I do? I just feel so incredibly useless. But in actual fact, a, a huge part of the solution comes from slowing down, connecting to people around us and actually using less. So that's where the name comes from. But um, the, the project itself was originally started by Geraldine Carton and myself back in 2018. And essentially, it, it, it's, a, it's a collective to encourage people to try to be a bit more sustainable with their daily actions and to encourage people to, you know, to, to, to try to tread lighter on the planet. Um, and we show people how to do that through events and talks and workshops. And uh, a major part of the, the ethos of us is making it fun, making it fun, making it accessible and making it enjoyable. How did you get involved in, in this type of thing? Or was it just a case, like many people, you woke up one day and went, we are in serious bother on this planet? Well, that's, honestly, that's exactly it. There was no kind of brainwave moment where Geraldine and myself thought, let's start a company. In actual fact, we actually didn't even know each other before we started the Easter Project. A very funny story that I originally wanted to... It, it kind of, the Easter Project kind of was formed very much in the world of sustainable fashion because... I was kind of reading loads and loads of news stories around the harm that the fashion industry is doing to the world and kind of, you know, being faced with these news stories of the, the amount of clothing that's being created right now from synthetic materials, from plastic, the, you know, human rights violations that are happening in clothing production. And all of this was kind of, was kind of bubbling up in my mind. And I wanted to just on my own organize some sort of an event where people could like, swap clothes. I'm just thinking, you know, so many of my friends this is back in 2018, I was like, so many of my friends for music festivals or for weddings or for whatever it may be are going out and buying new items of clothing. Well, in actual fact, all of us have those items of clothing in our wardrobe, so why can't we just rotate them? So basically what happened was I wanted to organize a mini swap shop in a pub in Dublin where 10 people come and throw a couple of items of clothing onto the table. We have a pint or two. People take items of clothing and that's it. Um, and I put it up, which is on my personal Instagram account at the time, and said, I'm looking to organise a mini swap shop. Would anybody be interested in coming along? And Geraldine messaged me. I didn't know Geraldine at the time. And she messaged me and said, she said, I'd love to, I'd love to come along. And she was like, in actual fact, I'd love, I'd love to help you organise it. And we met for a faithful pint in Grogan in about November of 2018. And on the spot, within five minutes of meeting each other, we found a useless project and we organised a swap shop. And then from there, we started organising more and more events. The appetite was there. The swap shops that we were doing kept selling out. We started organising um, charity shop calls where we showed people all the different charity shops in Dublin, mending workshops where we showed people how to sew back on buttons or to, you know, mend a rip, all that kind of stuff because that really um, is a massive part of the sustainable fashion movement is respecting the clothing that we have. And then 
you know, the more and more we got into it again, we were we kind of couldn't turn a blind eye to the fact that sustainability is so much more than just just one kind of facet and just fashion. And we thought people want to learn more, so let's 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 try to learn more ourselves, so we can educate people about food sustainability or sustainable travel or whatever it may be. So, as I said, that was 2018, and it slowly became a, a full-time job, and it's just been kind of snowballing ever since. How do you think we're doing now? Is, do you see any difference from 2018 to 2023 sustainability-wise? Well, look, like the, the, the reality is, you know, I know a lot of people will be listening to this and thinking, look, this problem is so huge. Do you think slowing back on a button is going to make any sort of real difference when it comes to climate chaos? And the answer to that is absolutely not. Not a hope. Like, slowing back on a button isn't going to make a difference. What we need is massive systemic change we need action from our governments we need action from representatives like we need systemic change if we are ever going to you know reach our climate targets by 2050 but how those how that systemic change is going to happen is by putting pressure on people in power and what we found is that you know the knock-on effect is very powerful so what i mean by that is going back on the button it's not going to change it's not going to solve climate change but if somebody throws back on a button at one of our workshops, they may think, oh, I'm actually going to throw up a rip as well. And, and actually, this sustainable fashion thing is actually going inter- kind of interesting. I'm actually going to watch a documentary on it. And then they watch the documentary and they think, well, I didn't realise climate change is so bad. And, and they're like, I'm going to try to find a petition to sign. And they'll sign the petition and they'll get more into it. And then they'll think, I'm going to email my government representative and you know, make sure that they act on climate. So we need systemic change. The throwing on a button isn't going to solve the problem. But what we hope it does is that it encourages people to demand change from people in power, if that makes sense. And, and is that the most frustrating thing for you, the lack of what is perceived action from people in power? Or what, what is the most frustrating thing for you when you look at the climate change problem? Yeah, like I think the most frustrating thing is, I, I, I think that, the, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know, I don't know what the, what the most frustrating thing for me is. I think it's, Maybe the you know the blinkers, the kind of just denying that this is happening. Which I like. I I, I would like to believe that since 2018 we started this. I think that like I I don't have this figure offhand, but I think 93, four, five percent of the Irish population agree that climate change is happening. Whereas I don't think that was the same five years ago. So like I I, I think that people aren't denying it anymore, but I think people are still because it's not it's rooted in hope, I suppose. You know, people are still wanting to believe that this is so far down the line, you know, so far down the line, like, we'll, we'll slowly change things and we'll get to that point. But the reality is that, you know, climate change is here right now. And although we might not be feeling it in Ireland, it is being felt all around the world. And the reality is that we are causing the climate change that, that is being felt in the developing world right now. You know, our carbon footprint is substantially bigger than the carbon footprint of those in Bangladesh or parts of Africa or all these places that are really being hit with the effects of climate change. So it is it is our responsibility to act now. We can't wait until it's you know it's irreversible flooding that's happening in Galway or heat waves in Dublin that are causing you know c- complete soil degradation and you know crop failure. It is happening right now, and we have a responsibility to think of the people who are being affected. Do you think people are all for? helping prevent climate change until it starts affecting their wallet? Like, I think that that's a bit of a misconception. I, I, th- I think people think about that, but I, I also think that it's a bit of a misconception that people think 
that the more sustainable option is the more expensive option. And it's not. You know, when we look at everything that we do with the use of product around food sustainability fashion, we're not looking to reinvent the wheel here. We're not looking to think of a new invention or a new way to do things. We're looking to go back to the way it was before our carbon emissions were so high, you know? The likes of sewing back on a button, shopping secondhand, cutting down your food waste, all those kind of things are actually money-saving hacks. So people have this idea in their mind that it is expensive to switch to a more sustainable option. And it's just not. Like, I can tell you that since I switched to a more sustainable wardrobe, for example, I've been spending substantially less on clothing. Substantially less. I'm still as happy. I love my wardrobe just as much. But I'm buying things secondhand, often Depop, or from flea markets, or whatever it may be. And I'm actually, in the long run, saving money. People think, if I can't buy my stuff on the high street, you know, and I have to, I have to go to the other shops that are more expensive. I'm, you know, I can't afford that. It's going to cost more money. But that's just, it's, as I said, it's just a misconception. It's not true because rather than buying ten items of clothing in a high street shop that are the equivalent of sixty euro anyway, you'll just buy something that's sixty euro anyway, and you'll have it for life. Is it easy to? buy sustainable fashion in Ireland particularly? Because, I mean, obviously your high street is full of, I suppose the only way to describe them are fast fashion high street shops. How difficult is it to, to buy sustainable fashion items in the capital? So, there's like, look, it's, it's, it's a really nuanced thing, you know. Like, there's a lot, it's, it's, a lot of the time sustainable fashion isn't accessible to, you know, to, to everybody. I can go in to a charity shop as an able-bodied thin woman and kind of, I, I can express, I'll find something. I'll go into a charity shop, I will find something that fits me, I will leave it at and it's fine. You know, even if I go into a vintage shop, I will, if I go in as, as the person I am, I will find a lot of clothing that fits me, that, that suits me, whatever, I'll take it. You know, historically, human beings were just smaller. Like, I don't know if you've ever yeah, been yeah. in a vintage shop and you look at, like, the gloves or the shoes and they look like they're made for dolls, you know? So, like, if somebody is, you know, plus size, if they're living in a bigger body, it's not as accessible for them. So, I think that, that we really have to keep that in mind. You know, that's why we don't shun anybody for, for shopping in the high street. If somebody has no other option, if they've, you know, multiple kids, if they can't afford to buy uniforms, whatever it may be, like, obviously that's absolutely fine. Like, the sustainable option is not an option for everybody. It's not an accessible option for everybody. But there are alternatives. You know, there are, there are really amazing resources out there. Like, you know, even Depop. Depop is an app to buy and sell secondhand clothing. And what's great about Depop is that you can key in specific details. Like you can key in size 18 white shirts, size 22 trousers, whatever it may be, two uniforms, you know, whatever it may be. And you can actually look for that specific item. And also just the mending, you know, the repairing, the looking after what you have. Like that's, you know, that, again, that's, it's, it's accessible because it's what you own. It doesn't cost anything. There's no, there's no excess needed. Well, you are doing your very little bit for this, but it's quite a massive thing with the useless flea market, the Workman's Club, Saturday, 22nd of April, 12 to 5 p.m. Can I list the things here? Clothing, hardware, gadgets, art, menswear, jewellery, vintage, 90s tunes and uh, <clears throat> creamy pints. I mean, this sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love our flea markets. We do loads of events, but the flea market is definitely our favourite one. Like, if you want to, as you mentioned there, if you're looking for anything, we will we will have it there. We've got over 40 vendors from all corners of Ireland and beyond selling things in every size and shape, every kind of, you know, every level of budget will be will be catered to there if you want to buy clothes or all those other bits that you, that you, uh, you mentioned. And it's just a fun day out. It's a great day. It's in the Workman's Club. It's all in for, for a couple of minutes, have a bit of a walk around, and listen to some funky tunes. And, yeah, hopefully pick up something.
Amazing. So where can people kind of follow everything that the Useless Project is doing and yourself as well? Yeah, so we're, we want to post most of our bits on Instagram. So it's at the Useless Project on Instagram. My name is Taz Gallagher. I'm at Taz Gallagher, but most of the bits are on the Useless Project Instagram. And as I mentioned, we have loads of events and workshops um, on there. Yeah, so that's the best way. I love this at the end of the post. It's going to be a great A buzz, so be sure to save the date, spread the word, and join us on April 22nd for an afternoon of dreamy, thrifty vibes. <laughs> I love everything about this, Taz. Oh, this, this, is, this is amazing. Make sure you get down to the Workman's Club 22nd of April, and hey, bring your cash with you as well, because this is going to be just going to be so many amazing things here. Co-founder of The Useless Project with Geraldine, Taz Kelleher, thank you very much for joining us on Switched On. Yeah, cheers. Great chatting.